going, guys? This is Jay Joby. Sammy Hardon. And this is the 80s montage. Great to have you back. It is super, super great. Fantastic. We're going to do a little countdown of sorts tonight. And it's actually uh, episode one of a two-part special. Mm-hmm. Of the we're... best-selling albums of the 80s. That's right. And it's not just shit that we've come up with our own out of our own opinion. This is tried and true. Industry experts have come up with this countdown. That's right. The Recording Industry Association of America and the British Phonographic Industry. Goodness me. So it could be. And and it's surprising the records that really did do well in, in America. You would really be surprised because, I mean, stuff that you might think is fantastic may not necessarily be the stuff that sold really well and, and made a huge profit. So that's the stuff that we're going to have a look at in this episode. In this episode, we're going to do uh, 40 to 20. And then mm-hmm. in episode two, we're going to do 20 down to one. Yeah, and this uh, this comes out from a, a book that I got given for Christmas, actually, or from my birthday. And it was written by Peter Dodd, Justin Cawthorn, Chris Barrett and Dan Orty, who are well-respected music journalists and have spent many decades uh, experience writing about popular music. So they worked for Billboard, Melody Maker and Peter Dodd was also the founding member of the UK band The Thompson Twins. There you go. So sort of industry experts. I I know those guys' names from quite a few publications over the years. They They were like sort of music journos and stuff and you can imagine them like as the little kid from Almost Famous, you know, like out there out there with the bands doing the groundwork. So, these, you know, these are people that know what they're talking about. Absolutely. And what are you drinking today, lovely, at the studio at your house? I'm having a selection of uh, Jägermeister on ice um, mm-hmm. with a little chaser of a Pinot Noir from the Marlborough region in New Zealand. And then oh. just, in, just in case I vomit, I've just got some tap water. <laughs> Ah, that's great. What about well, yourself? Well, I'm having fucking butterfly ball. <laughs> what the fuck's that? Oyster ball. What's an oyster ball? It's a fucking fourteen dollars Savon Blunky. Oh, don't you mean? Don't you mean Oyster Bay? Oh, is it Oyster Bay? Are you oh, reading? Are you reading yes. the label? Yes, are you I reading am. the label? You are fucking Jesus blind. Christ. I thought it was Oyster Ball. (laughs) I got it for that reason. Because I like, I like, I like Uh, a ball. What's the first name you said? Butterfly Ball. Butterfly Ball. I'm having Butterfly Ball. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Uh. I I was thinking Butterfly Ball, that track we both love. Ah, yeah, that old like, yeah, psychedelic yeah. one, yeah. Remember awesome. that day when we picked on another song and we pissed ourselves laughing? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fucking funny. Ooh, oh, you, so, yeah, Oyster you, Bay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you enjoy your Oyster Balls and, and let's go. <laughs> uh, unreal. Ah, unreal. Oh, so there you go. Hey, guys, don't forget we've got an SAW special coming up as well. Fuck yes, of course. 
Now, Stock the, Aiken and Waterman. The reason where we haven't done, I, I, I realise for any of you long-term listeners out there, you may be thinking, where the fuck is this Stock Aiken Waterman episode that they, they keep talking about? The reason why we're holding it off is we've got some very special guests on board. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're Stock Aiken and Waterman artists and associates. And we're going to mm-hmm. be um, – we're, we're trying to sort of tee up their schedules and make it all work. We've found our little window of opportunity and we are going to be recording that very soon. So it's going to be massive. I think the, the actual show is going to come out on Thursday the, the 18th of June. Yeah, with Hazel yeah. Dean. Which doesn't mean and you can just fuck off and then come back. Like no. on the 18th of June because there will be a little bit of a build-up in between then there and now. There will be, um, yeah. That's what you've got to look forward to. Absolutely. And as and the show got- sort of grows in popularity, um, we're finding it sort of, I, I, I guess, a, a little bit easier to to get people on board, like, you know, these, these big-name yeah, special absolutely. guests because, mm. you know, they, they may listen to the show or – kind of be uh, newcomers to the show and they love it and they want to be part of it. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Pete Hammond will be on the show. You'll be interviewing Pete Hammond and I've worked with him in the studio. I've been to his studio in London. And Hazel Dean I've worked with as well. So those two artists, I mean, Hazel Dean was number one Stock Aiken and Waterman performer. Yeah. You know, she was the big gun. And Pete Hammond was the one that went in during the night and fixed the mixes for Peter Waterman to check out in the morning, which is quite interesting. That's right. The the um the uh, I guess the the discography the the amount of hits that um this guy actually actually did the 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 sort of groundwork the the actual engineering on is mind boggling. Like his yeah, yeah. his work goes goes beyond Stock Aitken and Waterman, but it's certainly mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. certainly during during his time there, um, he worked with some incredible artists and he'll be able to give us all the lowdown and, and you know, a few little anecdotes that you would would never have read or heard of elsewhere. So there you go. Absolutely. So we're going to start our countdown on the biggest albums of the 80s. Starting, starting with number 40. Number 40. Now, the song that we opened the show with, of course, was by Huey Lewis and the News. Love it. Did you like these guys, Sammy? I did. Yep. I did I didn't mind them. I thought Very, they were talented. Uh, very kind of American, um, kind of good good time band, weren't they? Like sort of, they they are very upbeat kind of American sound, weren't they? They're amazing, and every week on Solid Gold they had a different song in the charts. They were huge, and yeah. the Solid Gold dancers has come out in their lycra and shake their asses, and that's how I appreciated Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah, he had a very. Uh, Huey Lewis had a very unique um, voice that you could pick, you know, from a crowd very easily. It yeah. was very sort of raspy like he had just finished a packet of ciggies and just gone on tour <laughs> kind of thing, you know. That's so, right. um very, very um, distinct sound to his voice. They had a lot of hits. Um, they did. This album in particular at number 40 is called Sports. Yeah, released September 1983. 
Yeah, yeah. Seven million album sales. Seven million one hundred in album sales. Yeah. But no number one singles, dude. No number one. No number one singles, but I mean, they were. Who cares? They were the kind of. Bre- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They they toured extensively throughout the US. They were very, very popular, and they were sort of like bread and butter kind of uh, US rock. You know, they were straight down the mi- middle of the road. You would have called it like US US rock. They were that kind of sound. Um, nothing too controversial. Uh, they weren't. They weren't in the headlines, you know. They weren't kind of um, committing crimes and, and like falling out of nightclubs or anything like that. They were just um, a good time, '80s band, US '80s band. Absolutely, and they had some fantastic videos. They were always shown playing sort of live, and then they had pretty chicks in their videos on the beach and all that stuff. But I think they really made it big when Back to the Future used a lot of their tracks. They did. They really did. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Back to the Future was a huge movie, movie reference and in a more modern reference, American Psycho um, ah. used uh, referred to Huey Lewis in the news quite a bit as well. We like it. So there you go. They're, they're very, so, very easy on the ear, that band. Absolutely. So number 39. Number 39. Number 39 is actually going to be a huge surprise. And this was a Mm. band that I latched onto, but certainly not in 1988, which was when this album came out. The album is, of course, um, Ellipses, or otherwise known as Dot Dot Dot, and Justice for All by Metallica. Mm. Very interesting. These, this um, album sold 7,100,000 copies. And yeah, they did. They had recently lost their bass guitarist, uh, Cliff Burton. Metallica doesn't have a lot of luck with bass guitarists, do they? No, they don't. But how's Cliff this, die. though? Yeah. Flutz, Flutzum Jetsum's bassist, Jason Newstead. Yeah. He Flut- was involved... I love Flutz and Jetson. Flutz and Jetson. Do you remember Flutz and Jetson? I loved them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they got Jason Newstead, who would later leave as well. He kind of, um, Mm. you know, they 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 had they went on to have phenomenal success. I think in about ninety one, may have been nineteen ninety ninety one around that period. Um, mm-hmm. So they and and that was when I really uh, got on board with Metallica. Metallica were famous for being, I guess, the the first um, hardcore metal band at the time, like proper metal, proper heavy metal, not like kind of eighties metal, but proper proper heavy metal. They were the first metal band to cross over into the mainstream and become mm. and start charting in the mainstream charts. That's right. Yeah. Um, there is also some incredible footage of Metallica playing when um, at the end of the, uh, the Soviet regime in the USSR when they started let, letting uh, Western and American influences coming into the USSR. And mm-hmm. they played this massive, massive show called... Was it called Monsters of Rock, Maddie? 
I think it might have been because I think that's where that whole idea comes from, isn't it? Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So um, check out on YouTube Monsters of Rock Metallica and the footage will blow your mind. It's obviously sort of the first time a lot of these, um, you know, beautiful Soviet people, these Russian people have heard this kind of music for the first time and it's blowing their minds. And they're in the crowd, hugest crowd with bloody helicopters flying around. It's incredible. Check it out for yourself. But... At number 39, and Justice for All by Metallica. Brilliant. So number 38, we have Pump by Aerosmith. Now, ah, you would know about this, honey. I fucking love this album. Mm-hmm. Aerosmith, they, this was, um, they had a bit of a comeback after sort of being being off the radar for a, a few years due to sort of recovering from certain things. And um, in 1987, they had their album Permanent Vacation. And then they followed this up with, in 1989, with Pump. The album yeah. sold 7 million copies, 7,100,000 copies. Wow, uh, there was a few that sold that, wasn't there? Yeah. They were all sort of in lined up, yeah. Huge selling. And I mean, look, really, we're at number 38 and they're selling 7 million copies. Mm. They're, they're, that is, they're amazing stats for now. Nobody buys albums today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so these are phenomenal stats. Yeah, because it was all vinyl. That's why, and we all that's had right. to get the whole album. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So big hits from this album were, were "Love in an Elevator." I fucking love that song. And the big hit uh, being about kind of, I, I guess, child abuse, which. You know, you don't Hang imagine. On. I'm not. I'm not reading that on this album. Am I just blind? Or I've got young lust, fine going down. I love going down. Love in an elevator. Yeah, My yeah. My apologies. Is yeah. that what they called it? No, it was one of the. It was like one of those tracks where, like with Need You Tonight with In Excess, where it was like ah. Need You Tonight slash Mediate. Remember, like, and they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So they would segue into each other. So. Ah. Um, Yes, yeah, so that's what that is. But um, the biggest hit off that album was Janie's Got a Gun, which is basically about um, child abuse. So yeah. pretty, pretty full on, pretty full on. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Number 38, mate, this reminds me of that summer, of the summer of 1989 coming into 1990. I remember it what as was, clear as day. What was the movie where they used Janie's Got a Gun and it was a comedy and the cheerleader... Someone played it and, and someone had a gun and it was a comedy piss take. What was Hang the on. fucking movie? So it was Janie's Got a Gun or was it Lovers and Elevator? Love no, nah, Janie's Got a Gun. Janie's Got a yeah. Gun. And I think it was some guy was in love with a cheerleader mm. and he was sitting in the auditorium and this song comes on and she pulls out a gun or something and it's a piss take. Oh, fuck, um, I don't remember. And they all shit themselves. It was like a, oh, maybe I'm just imagining it, but... I'm pretty sure it was like a movie where they brought this song out. <laughs> I can't remember. But it was pretty bloody funny. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If somebody knows, please write to us on our social media and let us know. Yeah. Now, number 37, believe it or not, was Eagles Live. Yeah, which is interesting because you think of the Eagles. Eagles Live. You think of the Eagles as being a big 70s band, don't you? 
but this yeah, was yeah, you do. This was almost, I guess, like a greatest hits without being a greatest hits. Um, it was a live album, and it had sort of Hotel California, Heartache Tonight. Um, what else? Had bloody Desperado. Um, you know, all the big, all the big ones that you know. Take it easy. Well, they were incredible live, though. Like. Vocally, they were incredible live. Musically, they were incredible live. How many vocalists? So did, did they all sing? Did they all four sing? Four of them, yeah. Oh, fuck, four that's incredible. Yeah, four of them. So Don Henley, I think, played the drums and sang. Wow. Um, there was heaps of them. But I think this was the time where we did see a lot of artists recording their, their actual concerts and putting them out on record. Which meant they were going to sell. You know what I mean? They meant, like, this was November 1980, this album. So yeah. it just makes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So but it's sort we, of like... we, started, we started to buy the live albums. That's what was the big thing, you know? Because it was like they, they were able to do um, sort of live albums with the type of uh, quality that it sounded great, you know, like it wasn't all kind of messy sounding. The technology was up to standard where you could produce a live album and it was like kind of replicating the experience of seeing them live at a show. Um, And it was a way of like showcasing all your hits up until that point without the stigma of doing a greatest hits album because it was sort of thought as if you if you were releasing a greatest hits album it was like you were towards the end of your career or something was going on you know what i mean you, it, it yeah. was like a yeah. like a cash grab for some reason yeah and they could take a studio into the auditorium and and redo it and do separate channels. So yeah. the mixing was a lot easier. But I love the album cover. It's like a road case with the Eagles live on it, like a sticker. Yeah. So it was really good um, cover where it sort of said we're live and this is what it looks like, which was awesome. Yeah. But, you know, the Eagles 37. Uh, number 36. Oh, look out. It's Invisible called... Invisible Touch. Invisible Touch by Genesis. There um, you go. Good old frontman and drummer Phil Collins. Absolutely. We all know I'm not a massive Phil Collins fan. Yeah, but he he is in this book about five times. Isn't it I incredible? I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you how many times. Released in June 1986. Yep. Invisible Touch, I remember that being on the radio all the fucking time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. It was always on the fucking radio. It's very Um, radio-friendly music. Like all kind of Genesis, all Phil Collins, it's very radio-friendly music. And look, that is is a feat unto itself, you know, like... um, um, if you can write a hit for radio, like if you have the ability to kind of write a track that's going to get heaps of plays and therefore he- heaps of royalties, fucking more, more, more love to you. Like that's that's incredible. But yeah, yeah. they're not my they're not. It's not my favourites kind of sound, you know. Well, well, Genesis was interesting because Genesis we got a couple of different bands out of this band. Yeah. So we got Mike, Mike and the Mechanics, where that's Mike right. Rutherford went off with that. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a lot. And then, of course, Phil Collins went out on his own. Mm-hmm. But 
a couple of little bands come out of that. I mean, these guys obviously had great work ethic. You, you have to give them that much. And look, I, I reckon they just must have been um, fairly friendly guys, easy to get along with, like that. that yeah, kind they of, would have been. Yeah, that that accounts yeah. for a lot because um, they, it does. Yeah, Absolutely. God, heaps. You've got to. If, if you if you're a great person, you will get gigs. Absolutely, um, absolutely. It's interesting because you can get great people that get gigs and then the great people can turn into nasty pieces of work. Yeah. And then they never work again. Yeah. It goes either one way or the other. You know? Yeah. At the end of the day, people have got to want to hang out with you, you know. They're, 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 it's a long process, that recording process, and then and then touring on top of that, you know. And if you're a bit of an asshole, then people aren't going to want to hang out with you for, for too long. But anyway... And this is where we saw that fantastic... I mean, this video, The Land of Confusion, was a fantastic video. They had all the puppets in it, remember that? Um, And they talked about Margaret Thatcher and they talked about Ronald Reagan and they had all the puppets come in. This is the land of confusion. It was very political. And we started to see a very political genesis. I don't know whether they always were, but this was a really big video. Yeah. And it's probably a video you could do a bloody podcast on because it's so interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Mm, Let's not, puppet. though. Let's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Num- number 35 is... Tracy Chapman with the album. You got a fast car. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I would have I put money on it that this chick was a guy. In the fucking old days. You know what? She was such a mystery because she she's actually American. She was from Boston. But I always thought she was African, from, from Africa. And they had, you know, the world had discovered her from... Because she, she had a very, um, very specific look and she had a very specific sound. It was unlike anything that you were seeing at the time. Androgynous blues. That's right. And, and and it was sort of the comeback of the um, singer-songwriter thing where, yeah. um, you know, in the 80s, it was ma- – and 70s, 70s, 80s, bands were huge. Bands, 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 you know. Or you'd have um, um, solo artists that were stepping out of bands to, to, to go solo and do their own thing. It wasn't ne- necessarily the realm of singer-songwriters particularly – where, where it was mm. just just the vocal, just the guitar or piano, That's whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Tr- Tracy Chapman really brought this back. It's something that's um, massive today. You look at like Ed Sheeran, you look at, you know, yeah, es- essentially right. essentially Taylor Swift is a singer-songwriter in that sense. Um, you know, they're, they're both pop artists, but but um, that's what they are at the end of the day, singer-songwriters, so, and, and they're huge. Tracy Chapman had this incredible gift for songwriting. She came out with hits um, talking about a revolution, Fast Car, and she had that Baby Baby Can I Hold You. Can you remember that, Sammy? No. You remember? I wasn't a huge fan. That um, you can see, baby, baby, can I oh, hold yeah. you? Yeah, That's yeah, another yeah. track for your menopausal mixtape. It is. If I'm ever contemplating suicide, <laughs> I'll whack that on 
Wicked game. Oh, yeah, if, God. if ever if ever you hear those Oh pump, Jesus. If ever you're hearing those car songs pumping out of my car, you know I'm driving up to the lookout to guess myself, so Menopausal mixtape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Songs to top yourself to. <laughs> it was. And it did really well, that song, too. Now, I know that a lot of dumbass dance acts have tried to do Fast Car. Oh, yeah, they have. It wasn't that long ago, you know? It's yeah. like, leave the fucking shit alone. Yeah, no, don't Fast Car. Fuck, you know, don't yeah. remix that song. Fucking hell. Yeah, I used to have a friend, he's dead now, but I used to have a friend, um, my dad's friend, who had a, was it a Ferrari, something or a Lamborghini, I can't remember, and he loved this track and we get in his Lamborghini, because I was only a kid, he'd take me for a ride in his fast, fast car, that, they were the, this was the fucking people bloody buying this shit, were people that had fucking fast cars, right, oh, now Jesus. I think about it. So he had a Lamborghini and I'd get in the Lamborghini and here you got a fast car. Then a little and I'd be like, oh, why is the why is this song so shit? Oh god. Why, why can't he play fucking Fleetwood Mac or That's something? That's not but the song you want to be listening to no, in a fucking Lamborghini. Very you not wanna be really good. You wanna be listening to fucking like Exactly. But now I think about it, it's all about fast cars, so that would have been the dumb shit quality about it. Yeah, oh I guess. All right, there you go. Tracy Chapman. Good artist. All right, now, next up, this number surprise, 34. This, this fucking surprised me. We have got your old mate, Sammy Paula Abdul. Yeah, I with know. Forever Your Girl. Forever Your Forever Girl. Forever Your Girl. Hey, baby. Did you remember? Did you remember? Uh-oh. Forever Your Girl. Forever Your Girl. I fucking loved this shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved everything about Paula Abdul. The I fact love, that I, I love how in the write-up, in in the write-up where it's sort of admitting that she's, you know, one of the top 40 biggest sell, selling albums and you think, like, this is above Eagles, this is above Aerosmith mm. and all the bands we've mentioned just before. You've got Paula yes. Abdul and they actually say, not blessed with the strongest of voices. <laughs> not. But look. She, she certainly wasn't. She had great clips and she could move. She was a choreographer. Yeah, phenomenal. And she, and she did everyone. Paula Abdul choreographed everything. The LA Lakers, George Michael concerts, the Jackson 5. She recorded, she did everything where people couldn't move. ZZ Top, I even think she did, she did the guitar twirl in ZZ Top. She was the chick you rang up and said, Paula, we look boring, make us look good. And she Fuck did that. off, really? Mm. Jesus, oh, yeah, good on her, mate. Oh, yeah, she was huge. So, so I love this record. She's very physical and she's very visual. She is, and she's she's quite humble. Like, you know, she's not an asshole. She was quite humble. Oh, no, she's and a lovely chick. She just can't sing. Yeah, and she still does LA, I think. I think she does the LA casinos now. Oh, well, yeah, yeah she might as well. Know. Now, but, huge, I mean, huge um, singles from this album. Opposites yeah, Attract, absolutely. of course. Yeah, well, the first one was straight up. 
right up now, tell me, do you really want to love me forever? Which had Arsenio Hall in the video because she was banging him at the time. Yeah, she was she was copping it straight up. She was straightening <laughs> she was straightening up his penis. Yeah, straight up the bloody whoopsie. Bum. Yeah. <laughs> straight up the bum. Straight up the mud. No hut. babies. Up the bum, no babies. Straight up the mud bucket. <laughs> so straight up now, straight up. We, I was gone, hook, line, line and sinker. Yeah, you know, right. Up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> bit, <laughs> bit daggy, but yeah, there you oh, go. No, I loved it. Now look, Cold very, hearted. very interesting. This was one of Virgin Records. Sort of, she was one of Virgin's big signings. Uh, mm-hmm. When Virgin Records started started exploding, she was one of the first. Uh, mm. Producers on this album, L.A. Reid. Yeah, of course. Babyface. Yeah, of course. Great artist. Now another one, Glenn Ballard. I'm pretty sure that Glenn Ballard would go on to produce and co-write for Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He was, that is he was a good huge. point. Absolutely. Mate, he would be putting his kids through college with the money that he made from fucking Alanis Morissette, I can tell you. Absolutely. And you know who signed Alanis, don't you? Madonna. Absolutely. From her label Maverick. That was a good call, Madge. Good on you, Madge. She's she's unlike got, your acting. Got gotten a few things. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, interestingly uh, interestingly enough, we'll talk about Madge's acting a little bit later on in this show. I've got like we do every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're obsessed, mate. All we right. love it. So number 33, we're moving on to Bobby Brown. This was his second album, Don't Be Cruel. This was released was in really? 1988. Yes. What was yeah. his first album? No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was um, it was his first New edition. solo. Yeah. But, yeah. But it was Bobby Brown's second album, his first being with New Edition. New Edition was like a boy band. Mm, I love New Edition. Yeah. Yeah. I thought when you said that, though, he might have had a, a little album like Janet Jackson had where she was in the pool. You know that first album she did that no one brought where she was just, she had wet hair and she was in the pool? She was still under her dad's thumb. Yeah. And we like to pose that photo, my friends and I in Bali, we like to do that photo shoot of (laughs) Janet Jackson in the pool and piss ourselves laughing because no one knows what's on that album. Yeah, right. So I thought I might have missed one, that's all. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But Don't Be Cruel was... Fucking huge, man. Oh, enormous. Mate, at this time in 1988, I would say he was bigger and cooler than Michael Jackson. Bobby no, I Brown. wouldn't go that far. No, he was fucking cooler, certainly. Mm, you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a bit absolutely. sleazy for me. Yeah, but that's sleazy. why he was fucking awesome. He was sexy. Michael Jackson, like, mm. you, you, you had a bit of a sense that, like, Bobby Brown would have fucking stuck it in. You didn't with Michael Jackson. Yeah, but Bobby Brown would have raped you as well. Oh, wouldn't have been rape. Yeah, it would have been rape <laughs> for me. So well, Michael look, Jackson would at least take you out for dinner and, you know, credit uh, card. At least you'd, you'd get a feed. Yeah, that's right. With Bobby, oh. you wouldn't get a feed. Oh, you'd get a feed. You'd, 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 just, you'd just get a finger up the arse. <laughs> fucking hell. 
All right, so this album was produced by L.A. Reid once again and Babyface and Teddy Riley. Now, I believe... And they were hot. They were hot. All three of those guys worked with MJ as well. Mm. Um, off this album was Don't Be Cruel, My Prerogative, Every Little Step, of course, which was um, I may have been the first big single. Certainly the biggest so, yeah. single. Yeah. yeah. But um, really put him on the map and... and brought him to the attention of Whitney Houston. Now, I nearly got killed at a Bobby Brown concert. Oh, did you go? Yes. Fuck off. Where? Well, I was, I was, well, this is the, these are the years where I was dancing at Chasers. <laughs> so I was in the bike shorts and we were listening to my prerogative and going, oh, here we go. Because it was 1988, so I just started dancing to Chasers. So I went to a Bobby Brown concert with my friend Lani Richmond, who now works with a lot of people in New York. And we were standing up front and Bobby had this thing where he threw roses out in the audience. Yeah. Well, of course, I'm underneath these roses and there's a million fucking chicks around me that just want to grab a rose and you nearly got killed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the problem with Bobby was he had his old man. I think his old man used to either manage him or used to come on tour with him. And he'd pick up the slops of Bobby Brown. So oh. Bobby had fucking, yeah, it wasn't very, it wasn't a very good situation. Because <laughs> his old man was a bit of a slut. Well, I guess and, uh, Joe, Joe Jackson did it as well. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't <laughs> have a clue, but I know <laughs> Bobby's dad did. Oh, mm. yuck. But I did like this album. I thought it was great. Yeah, a lot of fun. We started to see the, the, the dances behind him and the, you know, the running man and we started to see the Roger Rabbit. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And and uh, they Roger Rabbit was that thing where they'd sort of kick backwards. They'd yeah, do that sort of right. kick backwards and Madonna used to do it. Like she used to do Madge it at the time it. as well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone had the Roger Rabbit in their repertoire. Yeah, that that's one. right. Yeah, a little funky move. So, yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? He also sort of had that look at the time where you'd you'd have the jacket with the huge um, um, shoulder pads in it, and you'd mm. have you'd have no shirt on underneath, but you would have bike pants pulled up to your belly button. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'd have like boots on that you could dance in. Couldn't sing live for shit. Oh, couldn't Could he? Not sing. Nah. Couldn't sing, just fucking save himself. He didn't have a great voice. He he did have a lot of sort of on stage sex appeal, but like it, he didn't have yeah, a great but he, voice. But he forced it on you. It was like he, you know, he'd lift his t shirt up and do the whole fucking pumping in the air. Oh, don't be rough. Yeah, don't no, be rough. I used nah, to think. Be rough. Why are you rough? Nah, be You're rough. Being too rough. Nah, tell <laughs> tell her to, tell her to fuck off. You can be rough. No, I'm not into off, it. Mate. There's yeah, no, no fucking chase. I'm not into it. Yeah, once she leaves, we'll get into it, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on from Bobby Brown. Yeah. Number 32, Bon Jovi. New Jersey. New Jersey. Very, very American sounding album. This one came out in 1988. Sold 7,600,000 copies. So we're getting, getting even bigger. This was the follow-up album to Slippery When Wet, which was huge, yeah. which actually yep. sold 12 million. So that was, you know, enormous for them. 
Um, and Bon Jovi, they kind of, uh, you know, they were known at the time as being a, a metal band. At the time, this was metal, which is the strange thing. Um, mm. But they started sort of adopting more of a, uh, I guess, a Bruce Springsteen sound, which made them more kind of middle-of-the-road rock sounding um, and brought a lot of more fans on board, you know. There you go. So is this this is the album after Living on a Prayer, yeah? Yeah. So this is the one with ah. Bad Medicine on it. Wow. Yeah. So we may we might see that album later on in the in the in the charts. We certainly will. Mm. We certainly will. But this is the one where Bad Medicine was on. Yeah. I don't mind a bit of Bad Medicine. No. I prefer medicine that works. <laughs> Born to me, be my baby was on it. Yeah, they had another song. Oh, what was it called? I'll be there for you or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Not the one from the Friends, um, Friends intro <laughs> song. Not that one. Oh. Different one. I'll be there for you. <laughs> Certainly Friends. not that. But Bon Jovi, you know, like really kind of. Uh, um, Should we tell our Bon Jovi DJ story? <laughs> or will we save it for next it... episode? Because the actual song will be next episode. Oh, okay. Well, I we're, hope we're, so. I haven't really looked. We've got a fucking funny story for next episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's um, it's um, to sold twelve million copies, so definitely it'll, it'll be in the next twenty. All right, Colby. All right. <laughs> so got... thirty-one. Oh, another fucking huge favourite uh, of ours. It was a favourite. You know, I've actually supported this guy. This was supported this... him what? Going to the toilet? No, just his balls, Wally. No, no, no. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> so we're talking about Billy Joel with an innocent Billy man. Joel. Yeah, Billy Joel. Yeah. An innocent man was the name of the album. He sold seven million nine hundred thousand copies in nineteen eighty-three, the year of release. Mm. And married a supermodel. That's right. A lot of these songs were inspired by Billy Joel's fiance Christy Brinkley, who was a gorgeous mm-hmm. chick, still is. Uh, songs like know. Uptown Girl. What else? Um, the Up Longest skirt Time. Girl. Yeah, Upskirt. Up no, that was girl. that was Joe Dolce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Up the bum, girl. Oh yeah, no, that was um, that was Frankie goes to Hollywood. Ah uh, yeah. So that's um, more like it. <laughs> so Uptown Girl, yeah, an innocent man. What else? What was that other Not one? Much. Oh, the longest time, which was like a doo-wop oh, song. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. Well, the longest for time. the longest time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Shit us. Very. You know what? I've always, with Billy Joel, I've always had a bit of a cringe towards him as I've grown older, being like, being a bit like, oh, Billy Joel. But um, I played this festival where I, my band was playing the first day, his band was playing the second day. Obviously, I was right down the bottom and he was a headliner. But, um, you know, we, we had these fantastic um, all-access tickets and we had great seats. So there I was sort of sitting with the, – the rest of the band had fucked off. They were, they, were, they were off getting drunk. I was sitting there with my drummer and my manager and our, our publicist and yep. 
Billy Joel came on and they they knew how much I sort of had a, a cringe towards Billy Joel. Billy yeah. Joel started playing and I don't know what, what was it the was. Opening? Oh, you know what? I can't even remember. I can't even what remember. What would he have opened with? What would he have opened with, I wonder? It wasn't Piano Man. No, that no, was towards the end. That was towards yeah. the end because when he started... When he started into Piano Man, it was like the first time I heard the lyrics for the first time. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm, the first time mm. I really listened to it. And it was mm. a, it's sort of um, about the, the sadness of being a muso. Like the kind of, I don't know, it sort of sums up the loneliness of being a musician and um, pouring your heart out and having it taken for, taken for granted and all of that kind of thing. I started bawling my eyes out. It was oh, ridiculous. Yeah, at fucking Billy Joel. How embarrassing. Wow. Yeah, it was... No, no, yeah. that can happen. That can happen. I might have been drunk. You might have been drunk. It was a big weekend. <laughs> I feel like he's talking about me. Yeah. Oh, God, I know exactly what yeah. he's talking about. Oh, what are you fucking <laughs> talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking were you Were you in a relationship at the time? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I'm always in a relationship. <laughs> you are. That's true. Yeah. That doesn't make a difference. Yeah, um, I, love, I love falling in love. Do ya? What can I say? Oh, glad you can't get pregnant. You'd be fucked. <laughs> yeah, I'd never have to work again. That's right. You'd be getting seven thousand dollars a baby. Oh, sorry awesome. about your baby. Yeah, sorry about your baby. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. That's an in joke. Yeah, that's <laughs> an in joke. Well, we've reached yeah. the halfway point, which is <laughs> probably lucky. Um. Have we got an ad ready or anything like that? Oh, we should do an ad. Maybe we can slot oh, one yes, in Oh, yes, we have. have We've we? got an ad. Okay. What is it? What this is it? commercial we're going to use, I'm related to this woman by marriage. Fuck off. Yep. Who? All right, so I'm going to – well, let's just, let's just roll with the ad and then we will have the discussion. So this is our ad for the week, people. Have a listen. I get a shiver running up my spine. I hear sounds I've never heard. I feel the music surging through my system. I'm in another world. I'm in another world. It's a gorgeous commercial. It is a gorgeous commercial. How? Tell us the story. Well, the woman is related to me by marriage. Right. 
So she might be just sitting on a rock with splashing water on her face. <laughs> but she's related to me. Oh. So she married my second cousin, David Atkins, the I know, dancer. I know David Atkins. He's directed me That's in a musical. Right. Well, fucking there you go, eh? Very famous so, director. Well, I'm an Atkins. He's an Atkins. So David married Sharita Costa. And and that special diet, that's an Atkins. <laughs> that's right, which I should be on, to oh. tell you the truth. Um, so anyway, so uh, David married Sharita Costa. They had two boys. Both boys are musos living in Sydney. Right. And Julie DaCosta married Daryl Summers. Oh, so she's Julie Summers now. I don't. Yeah, I think they're still together, but I know David and Cherie aren't together. Did I tell you? Did I tell you that Daryl Summers' real name is Daryl Schultz? Yes, somewhere along the line, you did. Yeah, Daryl Schultz, but he's. He changed it to Summers because it was more TV fr- – and, and this is not me saying it – it was more TV friendly and less Jewy. Now, i just going on to the Ozzy Ostrich show. <laughs> oh, fuck. I know, and I have to say this because we've just given our Patreons that pay $10 a month their free episode. Yeah. They get an extra episode. And Batesy brought up that Ozzy Ostrich had his own fucking breakfast cereal. Yes. Remember when he had his own breakfast cereal? Yeah, I do remember and this. Because we recorded that episode like months ago, I was like, oh, my God, he did too. Fuck, eh? Because Aussie, Aussie was bigger than Daryl, mate. It was like a rip-off of Fruit Loops, wasn't it? That was his I cereal. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, if, you, if you're a Patreon and you're getting the extra episode, that's a funny episode because – Batesy gives his kids, or used, or he used to eat the Aussie ostrich breakfast cereal. That's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Batesy, let's so, get yeah. him back. Yeah, we have to. The TDK commercial, yep. the jingle was amazing. It was very 80s and beautifully shot. I loved it. Yes. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I remember it very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's Sexy. a good one. So All that's right. our uh, commercial. Yeah. Um, we are going to smash through the next ten. We're going to go a lot quicker than we did the last ten because why? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Number 30. I used to listen to this one. Um, oh, not that I would have told. See, I'm very surprised. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't I proud about it, there. but I couldn't help it at that age. I was only like fucking 12 or something. I oh, don't know, 10, 11. Ah, uh, 10 maybe. Um, so we're talking about January 1988, the release date. New Kids on the Block with Hangin' Tough. Not Hanging Tough, but Hangin'. Hangin' hangin'. Tough. How they hangin'. Yeah, how they hangin', boys. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, a, um, this was like a boy band that was put together by the producer Maurice Starr. He did this. Mm. He did this kind of formula with boy bands countless times. I reckon he might have been a bit funny. Well, he had New Edition as well, did he? Maybe. Yeah, New Edition were on his fucking bloody thing as well. Oh. 
What do you mean a bit funny, like oh, touching them up? you mark? know, who wants to... What grown man wants to put a boy band together? Yeah, that's true. You that's with me? Fucked up. Yeah. You with Rolf me? Rolf Harris would. Rolf fucking <laughs> oh. Harris would. Oh, no. Bill Crosby would. Oh, no. Cardinal Powell would. Oh, Semino! <laughs> All right, so... It's not funny, but everyone knows it's fucking true. Oh, God, no. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, that guy's a dickhead. Okay. So the the new kids on the block members that we had (laughs) were Jordan Knight. He was like the the lead one, you know. He He was the shorty. Oh, yeah, he was the good one. He was the good looking one. They were all brunette. They were all, you know. John John Knight. He was the only one you wanted to fuck. Maybe. Then, then oh, okay. John Knight. Then you had Joey McIntyre, which was the younger, youngest one. The short one. Well, yes, he was the youngest one. So he was. He uh-huh. went, like when they started, he was like a little kid with braces. So oh, wow. then there was Donnie Wahlberg, brother to Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Who would then become um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Who would then become just Mark Wahlberg, the huge movie star? Mark Wahlberg was going to be part of this band, but I think he got in trouble or something. He was always they look Donnie Wahlberg, Donnie and Mark Wahlberg were from like an Irish Catholic family in Boston, and they're they all from Boston, and they're always in a lot of trouble. And I think Mark Mark was in so much trouble that like he had a bit of a bad reputation. They didn't want to let him in. He. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Wahlberg has been there and done that. Don't worry about that. Even as a young boy. And then you had, then you had Danny Wood, who was the, the fucking one that looked like a horse. Oh. Yeah. Vaguely remember him. So they had like, you know, you got it, the right stuff. I don't know why they called yeah. it that. It's you know, you got the right stuff. That's the name of the song. Um, yeah. um They had that awful. Falsetto ballad, I'll Be Loving You Forever. Oh, Ugh. horrific. Jesus, yeah. shut the fuck up. I know. Slap their cocks to yeah. fucking next Tuesday. Uh, Horrible. We're, we're trying to make out you aren't gay and you sing that. <laughs> anyway, anyway they, had, they had Cover Girl and they had Hanging Tough. Oh, fuck Hang were they tough. Yeah. Can we just do a shout out while I think about it? Yep. Marky Mark, we've got a fan called Marky Mark that lives in New South Wales. We do. G'day, Mark. And he he dropped us 50 bucks in PayPal for what? the show the other day. What a fucking legend. Now, Mark. Exactly. He wants to come on board as a patron, which is fucking fantastic, which is really great. But, you know, because of sort of COVID-19 lockdown times and the future's uncertain for us all, he wasn't sure at the moment if he could commit to an ongoing subscription. Yes. Mm -hmm. So instead he just dropped us a $50 tip, which is amazing. A fucking incredible mate. So fucking generous. How excited were we? You are a legend. so excited. You have made my entire decade. You're a champion. Good on you. What an Aussie fucking legend, mate. Good on you. Good on you, Marky Mark. Yeah, good on you, Mark. Giving it to the musos during the COVID. Yeah, that's right, mate. Good on you. I hope one day I can buy you a beer. I've got to tell you, though, that $50, we're just going to drink that pretty much. He would love that. He would love it. They look. People love to listen to the show. Have a they few drinks. They love to hear what we have to say. Yeah, 
Get the dildos out and the oil, some people. That's right. <laughs> Download and drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some crazy shit happens. Now, were you a were you a new kids on the block fan or oh, secretly we all were at that age, but like We'd tell everyone we were all like fucking, you know, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, Def yeah. Leppard. Mm. But we did know these songs and, and knew every word. And uh, we'd mm. be like, you know, uh, look at him, the fucking fairies. And then like we'd know every word to the songs. So like, yeah. you know, secretly we were, you know. Uh, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Not a bad effort by six little boys. Five, I think. Five of them, yeah. No, yeah. that's probably right. Five. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they, they kind of um, – they were later eclipsed by acts like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that kind of formula, you know. Yeah. 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 So the next one, number 29. Yeah. We have never spoken about this band on the 80s montage once. And you know I what? The police sing my favourite all-time song, hands down, favourite song mm-hmm. of all time, Walking on mm-hmm. the Moon. We're talking about wow. the police. Now, Walking on the Moon is not on this album, but the album that we're... Yeah, the album we're talking about, Synchronicity, it sold 8,300,000 copies in 1983. Mm-hmm. This was their last album. And oh, they, really? that's yeah, right. This was their last album and they were quite happy going into it, fully aware that this was their last album. Um, and that, you know, knowing that did not affect their recording process at all. It really would have fucking affected mine, but they, they went on to, <laughs> they went on to um, record the, the hits King of Pain, Wrapped Around Your Finger... And, of course, every breath you take. Yeah. Because they were renowned to really not like each other, weren't they? They fought a lot. Yeah, Andy and Stuart really didn't like each other. Yeah, but Sting was a bit of a cockhead as well. Yeah, he would have been. Fucking hell. This This is one of the cases where, like... It's like Paul McCartney, and I know this is going to be very controversial. And look, since since I've come around, I've, 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 I like Paul McCartney again. But for years and years, I fucking hated Paul McCartney. I liked the Beatles. I could not mm-hmm. stand Paul McCartney. I was like a John mm-hmm. Lennon man, you know. It's like Ford or yeah, yeah or Holden, yeah, McCartney or Lennon, and I was certainly Lennon. Yep. But there you go. Yep. I've come around since. I've come around since. Since the fucking, um, since the, um, is it James Corden where they go driving and Paul McCartney like sings songs as they're driving around? And goes to all the old pubs they used to play at and stuff? Yes, that broke my heart. Yeah. That, that fucking yeah. melted my heart towards Paul McCartney and, yeah. and I've, I've since changed. But I still think Sting's a bit of a fuckhead. <laughs> so with synchronicity, I seem to remember... Synchronicity 2, what was that about? They were songs. So Synchronicity 1 was a track and then you had Synchronicity 2, that was another track. On the same album? Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, great, okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah, because I remember there being different videos and I just remember it and I used to think, that's interesting marketing, you know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 
But um, yeah, their, their last last album before Sting would go on to um, have a mediocre solo career. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but fuck yeah, yeah, Sting, yeah, not into Sting either. But um, put out videos of his wife giving birth. Oh God, he's so full yeah. of himself. Yeah, he did. He he's did. so fucking he full did. of himself. Was it Bring on the Night? Bring on the Night, which is actually not a bad DVD. Bring on the Night or VHS when I was watching it. Mm. But he films his wife giving birth to one of their kids. I think. No one wants to see that. <laughs> no one wants to see Gash. But what about the kids when they grow up? Yeah, we want to see it going in, not coming out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Fucking, Fucking hell. hell. No one wants you know to see what? that shit. Ooh, nah. Mm. No, no. I wouldn't even watch my own birth. <laughs> they can just knock you, I out, had one. knock you out and wake you up oh, later. I'd have a cesarean within five minutes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. So All number right. 28. 28, dude. 28, mate. We're getting there. Um, ZZ Top with the album Eliminator. Very good. Yeah. Very is, good album. This has got big ZZ tracks on it, like Sharp Dressed Man, which we play with Rewind 80s, don't we? And we do it very fucking well. Very well. Yeah. Yeah. They've got... And um, I, didn't, I didn't release that. I didn't release... I didn't actually know that was 80s, Sharp Dressed Man. I thought that was 70s. Yeah, they seem like a 70s band, don't they? But I'm right off because it's 83, you know. Yeah, yeah. They've got that real, like, they're, they're a kind of down south band. They're from they're Texas. They're from Texas. They're, yes, that's right. They are from Texas, but the album is recorded in Tennessee. So um, they, in that respect, because it's a kind of uh, southern rock sound, they do have a bit, bit of an older, older sound. Which is, I guess, why you kind of think of them as being a 70s band. Um, but this yeah, but album see, was massive. When I think Legs, though, Legs was very contemporary. Yeah. You know, with the arpeggio going through it and and stuff. And Sharp Dressed Man, just, I thought that was on a totally different album. Yeah, yeah, it? absolutely. So you got Legs, you got Sharp Dressed Man, you got Give Me All Your Lovin'. Uh, yeah, from this album. And, and this is where we see the Paula Abdul come out and do a bit of choreography for the boys. And they spin spin the guitars around on their cock. They do. And they do it all right, too. <laughs> and they've got a famous car. What was the car they had? Oh, they got those hot rods. What are they? Yeah, hot rods. I can't remember exactly, uh, what, exactly what it is. And the chicks wore stilettos and bobby socks and no, shorts. No, yeah, they had like stilettos and hot pants. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, really clever marketing. You could see three ugly cunts that had yeah. pretty chicks. Three ugly bastards work. and all the chicks. You can <laughs> see what they had for breakfast. Actually, have you seen the ZZ Top documentary on Netflix? Nah, it's not bad. Is it good? It's not bad. I'll have to get around it. It's not bad. Everyone's raving about it. I oh, didn't really? love it, but I don't. I'm, I love ZZ Top's music more than I love them. Yeah, they're a good they're, listen. They're, they're a good. Yeah. Um, they're a good kind of um, when you're driving. They're, when you're driving, you pump it, mate. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else is a good? Even though we're getting off track, you know what I put on last night and fucking pumped it. 
Yeah. The Angels. Good fucking bogan Australian music. We need to. Rock we need song. to do. Yeah, we need to do an Oz Rock um, episode, Sammy. Some kind of bogan rock episode. Yeah, we do. <laughs> no way, get fucked, fuck off. Do you know how loud I was singing, Am I ever going to see your face again? No way, get where were fuck, you? fuck off. Because, okay, so for the people overseas, we're allowed to go out now and meet people under five people. So we're sort of going through our first stage of getting out of isolation. In, in groups of under five people, not like That's pe- right. people that are five foot tall. No, that's right. They can't be five foot tall. Yeah, no midgets. Just for like our American and – because we've got a lot of UK people listening at the moment as well. They're jumping on board big time. So we're allowed to go to someone's house now and have a little bit of a drink. Oh. So where were you going to to listen to the angels? Uh, Where are you off to? Over to the in-laws. So now like Mika's Mika's sisters both have boyfriends – and oh wow! Yeah, it's so so. It went from being like a, a, a house of women to a house of dudes, and they're all fucking awesome. Yeah, great. And we all drink scotch and talk filth. Oh, that's so great! Yeah, what a relief. Oh, so when are you and Mika coming over here? Next recording, oh, I believe. Yeah, Next recording. I miss it so much. Yeah, it's ve- it is very different doing it this way because we're we're sort of yeah. in in studios across town doing it. Um, thanks yeah. to thanks to technology, but like, it's a bit disconnected. Oh. We've we've done our best, but it's a bit disconnected, we've, isn't look, it? Look, it's they've been great shows, and and Maddie's done a great thing to get it both together, you know. And you guys, you went out and bought an interface, and we had all this money that we spent on doing it. But it's worked out really well, you know. Yeah, no. Nah. spent the money. Yeah, um, no, nah, it's good because we had no other choice. But it's time you do come around so we can fall over in my backyard and throw up in our mouths. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fucking <laughs> spew, fuck, slip over in each other's vomit. Love it. Pissing Love ourselves it. laughing. That's right. right. <laughs> we better keep going. It's the 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 next one, Sammy, is yes. journey. journey. I like a bit of journey with my peanut butter. Yeah, journey began. No, this album. This album was released in 1981. Now, journey were a set was a 70s band. Mm-hmm. And it was like a kind of late edition that they added Steve Perry, vocalist Steve Perry. Do you know, um, you know, Steve, everyone out there, you know Steve Perry fucking don't stop believing. Like incredible fucking voice. Great voice. Not me, him. Clearly. Oh, Sherry was Steve Perry on his oh, own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking amazing we do voice. It. Which we do in Rewind Daddies. I love doing that. That's Steve Perry's solo, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So when Steve Perry joined Journey, he was 18 years old. Wow. That is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Um, This album, Escape, sold 9 million copies. Released in 81. Had Don't Stop Believing. It had... Who's Crying Now, uh, Open Arms, yeah, all made it to um, US Top 10. Now, 
There seems to be a lot of cover bands in Melbourne that do Don't Stop Believing now, and I'm just wondering why that is. What movie was it in? Rock of Ages, I think. Okay, that's where it's come from. Yeah, yeah. that musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Zach Zedris, I mention him every fucking episode as well. We did Don't Stop Believing with Rewind 80s in the younger the younger days. Yeah. Um, and I love singing it, but really hard. Not for Zach, though, but it's quite hard for a guitarist to play that intro. Yeah. It's, it's quite a... It's something that they either want to learn or they can't give a fuck about. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zach knew it. Zach knew that intro and he knew the harmonies and it was a lot of fun. Well, Zach's and that's, in, where, it's, Zach's, that's um, where it stopped. Zach's a bit of a freak. He's a bit of a, you know, genius guitarist. We should get him on this show, Semi. Yeah, we are. We're going to do Guitar Heroes. That'll ah, be coming. Ah, fuck. In fact, you've, you've just reminded me of that. Yeah, we should do that. Absolutely. Zach Zedras we're talking about. He's currently in the band Chocolate Starfish and touring around. Mm. Yep. Not at the moment because everything is cancelled. Not at the moment. Hey. How f- I reckon we're not going to gig until 2021. Oh, don't say that. I know. I'm looking amazing, Sammy. Everyone, everyone well, needs to see me. Well, I need to see you in my backyard drinking and slipping <laughs> yeah. over my vomit. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll start with that and then we'll branch out into gigs. <laughs> all right, beautiful. So, yeah, we love a bit of... Uh, oh, fuck, I'm Journey, journey, what journey, are they journey, 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 journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so number 26, the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan, but, well, you know, we have to mention it. It's... The um the album is licensed to three. Is that that how you say it? I guess it is. I think it's licensed to ill. Is it licensed to ill? Maybe I'm wrong. No, it might be. That would make a, I'd more. I'd have s- to ring a friend. That would make more sense than licensed to three. <laughs> oh, ill. Fuck. I think it's licensed to ill. Yeah, it but probably I'd have to is. ring a friend. It probably is. Can yeah. I ring a friend? Who's the friend? Batesy, you know. But I don't know. I think it's licensed to ill. But we'll, we'll, we'll look. Just we'll check it out. All right, licensed to ill. Look at the end of the nine day. Nine million. It, it, it was the album that Beastie Boys released in 1985. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did tours with Madonna, which is kind of strange, and. Run DMC, which makes a little bit more sense. Um, Madonna loved them, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, think- yeah, they were from Brooklyn. She was a New York act at the end of the day, so I guess they hung out, maybe. Um, yeah. So, so um, Run DMC and Beastie Boys, kind of, they were, um, they championed that kind of rock rap crossover. Um, yeah. Which was really huge. And they were all white. They were all white guys. White yeah. Jewish guys, weren't they? Yeah, they were Jewish. So yeah, they were all Jewish. Run DMC, it was kind of cool that we saw a black a black group like that had fucking amazing talent. Like Run DMC I love. Yeah. Let someone like Beastie Boys. I think they used to play a venue in America and I think this is what Eight Mile is about, you know, with um, what's that goon's name? Eight Mile. Eminem, but but Eight Mile's about Eminem. I th- 
And I, yeah, but there was a scene that they're talking about where they let rap artists come in and the Beastie Boys were allowed to come in. I think there was a venue yeah. where they used to rap and that's where someone spotted them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but that nah. sort of rings a bell. Well, look, this sold nine million copies. It was huge. Yeah. Um, what was the big single off this one, Sammy? Was it Girls? Was fight it? for your right. Fight for oh, your right. Oh, it was Fight for your right. Yeah. Oh, mate, such a bogan song, isn't it? Not a bogan I've song, I've actually but done. Th- I've done that live, and people love it. People love it. Yeah. Because Batesy's wrapped it for my band. Yeah, Ages right. ago. Okay. Funky P Days. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I really like the graphic of the album cover though, with the jet. Oh, the Beastie Boys see, that was a different thing. You had the jet, like, flying into the cliffside. Yeah? Yeah, I really like the Beastie Boys cover. And it, it's quite phallic. Okay. It looks like a sort of penis going into a into a vagina. Well, it was kind of, I don't know, but it's just really clever and I think the artwork's really good. But It, it looks um, like a penis. <laughs> Recorded in New York, USA. So that would have been expensive. No Grammy Awards, though. No. And no number one singles. Nah. Too straight. So this is, this is, it was very straight. This is where we saw albums that charted and sold the most copies. The singles didn't do so great. Yeah. Like they weren't number one hits, which is interesting because nowadays they're number one hits with the one single. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and right. And the album doesn't do shit. So this was the beauty of vinyl. It was the beauty of cassettes. It was the beauty of record companies, really. And it sort of suggests that they've got a lot of fans buying the album, but they don't have a lot of kind of um, – they don't have as many people just coming across the single and loving it. You know what I mean? Exactly. We all brought the albums. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very, so very good. Moving on to number 25. Mm. Everyone's excited about it in here. Not Na- really. Not. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's Garth, Garth Brooks. fucking Brooks. I'm a fucking loser. Good old Garth Brooks. Um, Garth Brooks fucked up a lot of stats for a lot of good bands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He always got in the way like a smelly thong. Yeah. Didn't he? Like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Yeah. Like a smelly thong that didn't work. He was absolutely enormous for like a very specific amount of time with a very specific audience. Exactly. He was like the chocolate cake that fell in your top that you found an hour later but still tasted all right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, this guy, mate. This album, um, I think uh, it was the self-titled album. Um, Garth Brooks. It came out in 1989, sold (laughs) 9 million copies. Most of those would have been hillbillies. No, no, no. Look, um, the the <laughs> the country rock scene is massive in America. It's not as huge in Australia. 
Um, but as ab- we do apologise to the country music fans in America. Yeah, who, whom we've all offended right now. But that's right. Yeah. But look, fuck yeah. Look, a lot of <laughs> a lot of Aussies j- did jump on board with this, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you remember, like, on the awards where they'd like, and Garth Brooks would be the winner. It was either Garth Brooks or Alabama. Alabama. Oh. And the winner is Alabama. And remember, remember. Fucking what? Remember Garth Brooks had that song, fucking um, American Honky Tonk Bar Association. Like some some fucking song. And like it would, because, it, you know, this was an amazing time of music, but. Um, I guess country rock, like um, country music, harks back to a very old tradition where you kind of stay quite um, faithful to that sound. It's not a particularly progressive genre, uh, country rock Mm. or country music. And so you had all this, like, amazing music happening around it and then, like, in the midst of it you had Garth Brooks. So it was like... It was, it was frustrating for anybody outside of that scene, you know. And this was a debut album for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Capitol Records was his label. So Capitol were hardcore too. Yeah, yeah. They went all the way. He was very charismatic. He was a, he was a, very, um, he was a very commanding live performer. Mm. And he used to get his cock out. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, I wish he did. I was then just I trying to make his album. I was trying to make him interesting, but he. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right. Used to get his shalong out. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number twenty-four. High infidelity. Yes. Oh, Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, with with. I'm um, gonna keep on loving you. Oh. And this album was like all ballads, Mate, wasn't it? It was I all ballads. I must remember. I must remember to fucking water the grass. It's yeah. like watching fucking grass grow. This band. They were they were enormous though. They were huge. Enormous, absolutely, babe. This was released in 1980. There you go. Both both kind of Ario. Which is literally R E O, which is a play on words. Um, which I think Oreo biscuits got their name from. <laughs> yeah, must have been. And um, and high infidelity, which is a play on words from high fidelity. You know, very mm-hmm. very clever guys. <laughs> Hang on, high infidelity. Oh yeah, you're right. What yeah. a dumb cunt. What Get a it? bunch of dumb Get it? cunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Remember, um, um, these guys were actually in, they featured in Ozark. Porn. Because I'm watching. Ozark? Yeah, they're really? In, yes, they're in Ozark. They have an appearance really? in Ozark. Yeah, the actual fucking band. What do you band. mean? Like the music or them? No, as themselves. They do an appearance. They do like a live performance. You got You'll have to watch it. It's really? fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I am going to watch it. I am going to watch it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So this all. So are they really old now, or what's happening? Yeah, like white hair and everything, but they're still like touring. Oh, really? Yeah, they're touring yeah. and getting crowds oh, and well, shit. They would be. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be, they'd be like the cockroaches of rock and roll. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! 
Yeah. You know so what that, I mean? So they'd, that, they'd go forever. So that song, Don't Let Me Down, is that, is that, that fucking Don't Let Me Down? Down, 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 down. No? No, that was ELO, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I'm, I'm, I think that was ELO. I'm getting my... Um, sort but of, you know what? Good fucking guess. I'm I'll getting, give you that much. I'm getting my acronyms right, mixed up. They had that... No, no, no. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to keep on <laughs> loving you because it's the only thing I want to do. I can't be deceived. I just want to keep on loving you. That's the only song oh, I know. Wow. Fucking hell. Yeah. That was a big song. I would run for the hills if I was the, oh. if I was the person on the oh. other end of that song. Oh, oh wouldn't Jesus. we just? So they had, they had oh. Keep On Loving You on this album. They also had Take It On The Run and they also had Take It Up Take The Take It Up The Bum. <laughs> yeah. Take Ta- It Up The Bum. Yeah, Take It Up The Bum. Fucking, that would have been more interesting. Yeah. Take It Up The Bum. Yeah, that's what they... That's Are they really... Like, didn't they not know we would be critiquing them? Say, take it up the bum. Yeah, we're going to critique them. Well, Americans don't say bum. They say butt. But. Yeah, but. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a Brit- bum is like a British thing, like an Aussie thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Fuck it, I mate. I wish they did. We're, we're trying, <laughs> to make, trying to make it interesting. All right. <laughs> fuck, fuck, 23? Those, fuck those cunts. We'll move, we'll move on to number 23. is all right. We're mm-hmm. up to Pyromania by Def Leppard. Good shit. Good shit, mate. We're back to the fucking, uh, back to the, the metal stuff, the, hair, the fucking hair metal stuff. But these guys, these guys were hardcore. They were fucking, yeah. They're a UK now, band. Was this before? Is this before the drummer lost his arm? This album? I think so. That was the next yeah, one, which right. was Hysteria. I think, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The drummer Diffleppers only got one arm. The drummer Diffleppers only got one arm. What's that song? Oh, I don't know. Fuck, I've never Someone heard that. Someone sang that. Haven't you? The drummer I mean, I'm a bit drunk. Yeah. The drummer Diffleppers only got one arm. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Someone sang that. I remember we had a drummer in one of our bands and I used to threaten him. I had one arm. No, he was shit. And I used to say, mate, how can the fucking drummer from Def Leppard be better than you? you got two arms. Yeah. He's got fucking one arm. <laughs> Did you used to say that? Because I love that shit. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I know. I fucking, I fucking hate drummers at the best of times. It's, it's a I very... I love our drummer. I love... The only drummer I love is our drummer, Nick. Yeah. Because he's so fucking good. But drummers, oh, fucking kill them. It's a difficult, I, it's a difficult sort of, within a band, a difficult sort of uh, role to fill, isn't it? It's got to yeah, be. But, you know, they're banging this, they're banging shit all the time. Yeah. Their brain must really disintegrate after a while. You know what I mean? Like, you can't bang shit without your brain fucking getting fucked up. You you don't, I guess you don't have a good history <laughs> with drummers. I, I do. I've worked with some of the best drummers in the country. Yeah. But in Rewind 80s, yeah. fucking hell. It was like, are you mental? Yeah. Look, yeah. There are some fucking head 
case drummers out there. There really are. I've, I, have look, you had any experiences with drummers? Where yes, you've gone, of course get I the have. Fuck out of my lot. No, right. see, I also have. You know, also sort of have like amazing, um, amazing relationships with certain drummers as well. But um, yeah, some in particular, it's just like. Fuck, what are you on? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You, you know, and I really I totally think agree. It, it requires a very special talent to be able to um, basically hit things with your hands and your legs at the same time. That's, you know, you, you, <laughs> like, no, it, it does. It does. I'm not being a fucking smart ass. But it does, you know. But um, Well, I, I even remember Prince having a song called The Pope. Yeah. I don't know whether you remember the Pope. Yeah. And he said the drummer would have been funkier if he had been playing with his dick. Mm. So people do. It's either one way or another with drummers. You're either in the zone with the drummer or you fucking want to kill him. There's never a black and white area. There's never a grey area with drummers. I think it's like as a singer you are worlds apart. You are worlds apart. Like as... Uh, I always think of a band, an analogy of a band, as being different body parts. The singer is the singer's the head. The singer is the head. You know what I mean? You've got the guitarist. Yeah. I like giving head. Yeah. You've got the guitarist and say the (laughs) rhythm guitarist. They're they're the arms. You know. You've got the you've got the body. The body would be the bass because it sort of. Because it pulls. I love bass players. Yeah, the the, the body would be the torso would be the bass, you know, um, and then the mm. legs. The legs are the drums. So so the um um the the, the, the head, the singer, and the the drums are the furthest apart. They, 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 I guess they have the least in common. So maybe yeah, it's. It, I guess it would be easy for a singer and a. <laughs> I always feel like I always feel like drummers feel like they've got nothing to offer and it becomes an issue for them. So then they go and register the band name <laughs> or they go and do shit so that they're always gonna be in the band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. You know what I, I mean? <laughs> yeah, I can it's see. like, well, I'm gonna go and register this song so you can't use it. Yeah. You know? Or something like that. I get a little bit Funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no musical notes, or there's no. Maybe it's just something they go through where they think, "Oh God, I can't play a keyboard. So what am I really here for?" But drummers are the backbone of the band, really. Look, I, I really, I, I, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if you, look, I think if you have a drummer that has a massive personality, that it can be a bit kind of shaky. It can be a bit controversial. If a, if a drummer has a massive personality and they feel as if they should be the star of the band or they they feel they get yeah. a bit jealous of the front line, the front line like being, yeah. you know, the, 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 the guitarist and the, and the keys and that kind of thing. Like yeah. They get a bit funny. They get a bit funny. They do. It's, I agree look, with you. Look, the... the 
the the job and look drummers are fucking essential to a band i remember the first time we got an amazing drummer and it was like it made the band better instantly of course it does yeah it's such Absolutely. an it's such an important job. It's such an important role that you've got it to get is. you've got to get it so right. You've got to get it so right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting though because a lot of really shit front people, when they're singing a song, will turn around. If the song's not working, the first thing they do is turn around to the drummer and make them drum faster oh. to get the vibe up. And I hated seeing that with front people. Yeah. It's like, well, no, you should be able to cover this what tempo it is. You should be able to make this happen. Yeah. And I don't like singers that will blame the drummers or get them to do shit faster because I've that's a real big thing. That, it happens a um, lot. It happens a lot. It's it does. it's like it's like um it's like getting getting served a shitty meal. If it if if it's hot <laughs> if it's hot it will taste better like that's why they speed yeah. it up it's like oh we'll give it to we'll give it to the crowd quicker and then they yeah. won't notice that it's a shit song yeah 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 that's right it doesn't work I, like no, that see we're not like that with rewind eighties you have to have the exact tempo yeah exactly yeah and that's where I fall out with drummers because it's like what the fuck are you playing yeah why are you not feeling this why are you not in the pocket yeah in saying that there's some incredible drummers and I love some drummers but mm. but anyway we were talking about drummers because Def Leppard has has a drummer that has one arm <laughs> he's got one arm yeah <laughs> yeah there you go yeah. so Def Leppard with number 23 the album Pyromania. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Moving to number twenty-two, we've got mm. the soundtrack to Footloose. Fuck me dead, really? Footloose, Mum's Juice. Footloose, Daddy Baby Baby Mrs. Juice. Yeah. Release. Now we do do this song in our band. It goes off. This is like this is a crowd pleaser. But do we really know the lyrics? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the best. I don't think we've ever got it right once, but the crowd know, don't we know. We re- they, they don't know. We really haven't tried our hardest, but no. I don't care. <laughs> it's a song. Um, it's Footloose. And it's Kevin Bacon. Oh, my oh. God. What a fucking beautiful person. This is one of the few films that Kevin doesn't get his bacon out in. He really? Oh, you know Does how he, he gets his bacon Oh, out? he gets his cock out all the time. Oh, well, I've missed those movies. Well, what you, am I meant to be watching? You'll have to go and watch again. It's Like what? It's of a decent size. <laughs> um, Is it really? Yeah, it's not oh bad. Oh, my God. It's, it's, look, he's, he's got a shalom. He's no um, Warren Cucciarolo, but, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he, he's up there. Excuse the pun. Really? What, what movie would I watch to see um, Kevin Bacon's penis? Uh, a couple of 90s ones like... Um, well, it's not A Few Good Men because I've watched that. It, oh, yeah. He doesn't get his cock out in that. Um, so, well, oh, Hollow Man where he's invisible. He gets it out in that. And he also gets it out... Really? Oh, he gets it out very gr- gratuitously in... What's that one with Nev Campbell and... It's like a, a murder mystery. Nev Campbell, she plays a hillbilly. Nev mm. Campbell, yeah, come on. And Denise Richards. 
It's like oh. wilder things, or is it wilder Denise things? Denise Richards. Let's let's hear it for is the it boy. Wild Denise things. Richards. It might be wild things. No. Wild mm. things, yeah, it probably is. Is it wild it things? Is. Yeah. yeah I wild things. Naked. Hang on. Denise Richards, let's hear it for the boy. Not her. No. Are you sure? Hang on. I'm look- Maddie, is it wild things with Nev Campbell? I think it is, babe, yeah. That rings a bell. And is it Denise Richards, the other chick? You know, the hot one that was in um, Starship Troopers? Is she coloured? It's Denise Richards. No, she's not coloured. Oh. She's as white as my ass. <laughs> I thought she might have been, let's hear it for the boy. No. Let's give the boy. Oh. Who was that? Oh, that was Denise Williams. No, baby. I apologise. That was yeah, on this Denise album. Williams. What a coincidence. I know, right? That was let's on this album. Let's hear it for the boy. And the gayest thing I've ever seen you do in my oh, life. thanks, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> was let's hear it for the boy, yeah. Jay's dad. Th- Who I, the fuck choreographed that? Yeah, guess. I think, look. Um, you? No, you it wasn't me. Anyway. Who was it? Oh, you know, we better not say. So, so um, uh, Footloose was purpose written for the film. It was purpose written for the film and it had all these sort of guest artists on it like uh, Bonnie Tyler, it had Sammy Hagar, Kenny Loggins, Denise Williams. Denise Williams sang the song Let's Hear It For The Boy. I used to sing it in, made sing it against my will. No, somebody (laughs) somebody else had to sing it. Yeah, it was a girl singer. It was a girl. Wasn't it Ricky? Ricky, aren't it? No, it wasn't Ricky. It was Lily. Oh. Lily. Lily had to sing it and I had to dance with a fucking cowboy hat on. And we went We should get Lily on the show. Oh, we should. All right, so years ago we went up to Mulwala to play a gig in the country. Mulwala is like sort of, you know, reg- regional Victoria. It's yep. sort of on Where the was this? It's on the mighty Murray. It's on the on the Was bo- I was I there? No, this was Lily. This was me and Maddie okay. and Lily and, uh, you know, Sanch and Rip and every – oh, nice one, babe. Oh, then, thanks, babe. Was that a fart? Then, no, <laughs> then I'm, I'm fucking – Sorry. I'm, Lily's singing – Lily's singing fucking Let's Hear It For The Boy. I'm dancing with the fucking cowboy hat on, like doing pistols, like woohoo, And then like – No. Just, yeah. Just, Are you kidding? No, just mortified. You saw it. It was oh, fucking awful. I didn't I had see to do it. it. It was part of it. Anyway, then... Well, did you have real pistols in your hands? No. No, oh, just pretend? No, just my cock. Oh. And then, and then, um, <laughs> <laughs> then we were going, we were going uh, for a break, you know, in between sets. And sort of that song finishes and I take the cowboy hat off and I go, okay, guys, we're just going to go for a quick break now, but uh, go to the bar, we'll grab a drink too and we'll see you very soon. And someone up the back yelled out, you suck, fag boy! It was like perfect, perfect, like in the gap. And then like then so great. I, I like so great. I cracked it backstage, like was having a tanty, like, I'm never wearing that fucking cowboy hat again. Like Why <laughs> would he make you dance like that? Uh, because it's that It wasn't even cool. No, it wasn't cool, but did you expect it from that band? <laughs> I d- 
You know Look, what I mean? Look, you know what? I expected a bit more. Yeah, well. Than yeah. that. Well, I, and I don't even know when I saw you do it. I think it was at the Odeon at Crown where yeah. I saw you do it and I went, why? What the you fuck? Well, why? it wasn't my idea for fuck's sake. I was made do it and, and they were like, hey, the crowd love it. They'll love it. Ugh. And that song is shit to sing. It's such a horrible song to sing because I think I sang it once with you. Yeah. And you did the routine. And I remember looking to the left of me and going, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> but you were told to do it. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh. But, you know, but you know what? We live and we learn. That's right. Now we're gonna, are we going to are we going to end with twenty one or are we going to end with number twenty? Oh, good Let, question. Let's do twenty. I think we'll end with twenty one. Let's do twenty down next episode. Let's end with this next yeah. one. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I can. Yeah. Oh, I'm so hungry. All right. <laughs> oh, sorry, babe. Nah, you're all right. Number well, twenty one. I've Bubba. had my oyster ball and I'm pissed as a fart. Oh Jesus! It's oyster bay. Oyster bay. Look if if any Oyster um, ball. if any if ah <laughs> <laughs> Maddie you filthy bastard! I but, want an oyster ball. It'll taste like an oyster, an up an <laughs> <laughs> an off one, <laughs> <laughs> an off one. Awesome. Okay, so I, I think this episode's gone for three hours, Fuck, hasn't it? Fuck, it's just gone pear shaped the whole thing. <laughs> I really That's great. I really yeah. um I really commend <laughs> anyone that's followed us to this point. Hasn't you know what? People like this about us though. Oh. We look look, I haven't got pissed in a long time, punters. Yeah. I'll give it to you now. Yeah. I've had a hard five weeks and today it wasn't until today where I went to my brothers and I went, you know what? I really miss my sister-in-law. I don't know what to do. And then it was like, I've just got a drink. I've just got to have a drink because it keeps – it's like a wave. It just goes – comes back to you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Fucking horrible. Hey, look, sometimes you just need to take the edge off, don't you? Absolute. That's what she said. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so to close the show, number 21, Sammy, what is it? True Blue, that's the way I want you. True Blue by Madonna. True Blue by Madonna. This sold 9,100,000 albums and released in 1986. And I think I had the blue vinyl of this. Oh, you did. You've told me that. Yeah. You lucky bastard. I did have the blue vinyl. This was um, this was Madge's third album. Um, mm. She... Immediately before this was like a prayer, which was absolutely massive. Um, she was looking for hits, definitely, but she was looking for. Um, cr- was it like, like a prayer after this? Nah. Oh, hang on. Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant like a virgin. I meant like a virgin. So it was like a virgin. Like a virgin, truly, this, yeah. and then like a prayer. Yeah. Sorry, good pickup. Fuck. I thought I was pissed, but maybe not. This was the first time that she stepped up as a producer, even though she didn't have a lot of experience. She just thought, I can fucking do this. And um, she got up, she produced this with uh, Stephen Bray and Patrick Leonard. Um, This had hits, Papa Don't Preach, Live to Tell, Open Your Heart, True Blue and La Isla Bonita. 
Mm, your favourite. Yeah, I love that song. Um, mm. Yeah, True Blue was a bit of a daggy one, but this was a good album. Oh, well, I like True Blue because we see her friends in that video. We see that actress. What's her name? Who oh. was in Entourage. She was in Entourage. Was she the one that used to do her hair for years? Yeah, and she's in the back of the, the little Debbie car. Mazar. Debbie Mazar. Debbie yeah. Mazar. Yeah. I think that's her. Debbie Mazar. She was in Entourage. She was in probably the biggest film that Debbie Mazar ever did was Batman Forever. She was in Batman Forever. Did not know she was in that. Yeah, with wow. Val Kilmer. Remember, Two Face had the two kind of um, two ha- had the two gang moles, and one they they were like sugar and spice, and 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 Debbie yeah. and Drew Barrymore played sugar, and Debbie Mazar played spice. Yeah, she's good. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who the other chick was, but I like Debbie. Yeah, Drew Barrymore. Oh, you're talking about mm. True from True Blue. True Blue, the video, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Madonna, Madonna actually has a, like a few long-term friends. She, she, mm. she kind of comes, you know, falls in and out of favour with certain people. She'll be like besties yeah. with people for a couple of years, like, like bloody Gwyneth Paltrow, and then they, they will, mm. you completely never hear of them together again. But she's got friends like Debbie Mazar, like Jennifer Grey, she's been friend, friends with for years as well. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bernhard. Yeah, she is. Yeah. They might have they might have been very close, those two. Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. They may have been. Uh, yes. In bed with Madonna, we may have insinuated that. Now, Absolutely. Richard Marx was a writer on this album. He was he wrote a few tracks or one of one or Richard two tracks. Richard Marx? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I can't which remember song, which babe? one. I can't remember which one. I can't remember. Richard I wish I could. Marks. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. But there you go. That's incredible. I'm not sure if he was a songwriter. Oh. Yeah. I'm not sure if he was a songwriter or just um, you know, play guitar, but but um, surely he was a songwriter. He was an incredible songwriter. Yeah, and he was married to my girlfriend, Cynthia Rhodes, oh. who I always bring up on every episode. <laughs> Wouldn't be an 80s montage episode. Do you know with, what? Without the mention of you Cynthia know, Rhodes. I wanted to, exactly. I wanted to do an episode of um, – Kenny Loggins, you know when they say it's six degrees of Kenny Loggins? Oh what is it, 60? God. What is it? Kenny Loggins. Six degrees? Six, not Kenny Loggins. Kenny, no. What's the guy we just talked about in Footloose? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Is it six degrees of Kevin Bacon or is yes, it, it is. 30 degrees? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Kevin, the female version of Kevin is Cynthia Rhodes. Okay. Everyone is six degrees of Cynthia Rose. Right, all right. Because Richard Marks was married to her. Yeah. John Travolta was in a movie with her. Yeah. I think she's the one. I think she's the one. Fuck. All right. Okay. We should actually play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon one night on this show. Well, that's what I wanted to do for Patreon. Ah, very good. We'll do that. Mm. All right. Well, we've done our countdown, Sammy. That's the end. It is the end, honey. 
Now, did we have a lovely review that we should re- read out? We did have a lovely review. We do have a lovely yeah. review. We do have a gorgeous review. This is from Marky Mark. Now, Marky Mark we brought up in the episode. No, we brought it up in this episode. No, it was last Who episode, ga- I think. <laughs> oh, was it? I think Shit. so. Sorry. We'd- Marky Mark dropped us 50 bucks, right? Oh, it was this episode. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Marky Mark gave us a $50. Because Marky Mark, like everyone, we're going through the COVID. Can you afford to pay every month? Well, you can give us a tip. That's cool. I'll give you a PayPal account. (laughs) Marky Mark gave us 50 bucks. What a sweetheart. An amazing guy. And he gave us an iTunes review, which is what we want. We love it. What does it say? It says, let me just read it. He did send it to me, you know. Oh, Christ. Shit. Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I've got it. Great. Marky Mark gives us five stars on iTunes, which is what you all should do out there, guys that listen to us. He says, Marky Mark, I'm going to do his voice. I've never met him. Takes me back to when life was so simple and the best, for me anyways. <laughs> from True. The, from the music, TV shows, trends, etc. we're all talking all things 80s. They'll have you in stitches from the start to the end of the podcast. <laughs> you guys rock and I look forward to the new episode weekly. You have no idea. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking me back to when I was a kid. And help keep my memories Bless. alive. Love you guys. Bless. We love you too, Mark. Thanks, mate. We love you. That's exactly how we feel about the 80s, mate. I'm glad you've picked up on that. We, we, it's, it's the sense of nostalgia and reliving all those good times. That's, that's the reason why we do this show. And just lately we've been getting a lot of really beautiful people writing in and going, you know, you're making us laugh and happy. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Bring a few laughs in, not take ourselves too seriously at all. We actually never have. No, that's that's right. Absolutely we not. We really never have, you know. So, Marky, thank you for the $50 tip. It was just so beautiful. We just appreciate it. It goes towards the show and... I was blown away. That's all there was. Sammy was will go away. with that fifty dollars. Sammy will buy at least three or four bottles of oyster balls. Well, you know what I'm really looking forward to after ISO yeah. is getting the waxing done, like waxing. Oh no! You know, getting the fucking waxing on my face done. I love that shit. We haven't been able to do that. Jesus, it's suddenly turned into fucking Teen Wolf. Well, that's the truth. It's like it's been so tough because all the women out there would be going, I can't get my roots done, I can't get my waxing done, is my mouth a vagina or is it a fucking pussy? What's going on? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You get super super paranoid you're getting a moustache because we don't have our little fucking waxes around anymore. No. What? No. Is Maddie is Maddie thinking my mouth is a vagina or is it happening? It would explain what? a lot if he did, but <laughs> 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 All right, guys. It's been um an interesting episode. This is part 1 of um a countdown of uh top-selling albums of the 80s. 
tonight. We've done, of course, uh, 40 down to number 21. And we'll pick, we up, pick up episode 2, 20 down to 1. Coming soon, we've got the Stock Aitken and Waterman episode. Can't wait. Coming on the 18th of June. Good on you guys. Please like, subscribe, share, give us reviews, give us five stars. That's what you got to do. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Become a patron if you want to as well on patreon.com. Now, if it's music, music maybe, and cool, cool shit, shit from, from the, the 80s, 80s, we're going to talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.